Welcome to How We Got There. I am your host, Mike Davis, founder of Go-To-Market Guides. I interview thought leaders and founders in the Salesforce ecosystem to help ISVs learn new things to try and mistakes to avoid. This episode of How We Got There is brought to you by ISB App. ISB App is used by leading Salesforce ISVs and OEMs as the central toolbox to reduce churn, increase renewals, identify upsell potential, and close more deals. ISB App is the only plug and play solution for the AppExchange App Analytics API and provides deep product insights. The setup is easy and takes less than five minutes. Visit ISBapp.com, that's I-S-B-A-P-P.com com to learn how you can take advantage of usage data in your app today. All right. I am here with Mike Getchis, who is VP of sales at Zencraft. Mike, welcome to the pod. Thanks, Mike. Glad to be here. So tell us a little bit about Zencraft and how you how you found your way into the Salesforce ecosystem. Sure. So Zencraft has been around as a company since 2009, and we build the Salesforce native shipping solutions that span all clouds and, and, and Salesforce offering. I joined the company about seven years ago, and I was a VP of sales. And then we were acquired in February by a company called Bring, who was looking to expand their footprint in the Salesforce ecosystem. So I, I got into to the Salesforce world. I was working for a couple of .orgs that were using the platform essentially is a case management tool. And I became really interested in, in the things you can do with it, specifically the automations and it being cloud-based at the time. This was uh, 10 years ago now. So I was, I was working at those orgs and uh, I came across an opportunity to help a manufacturing company implement a what was a essentially a field service case. They were really well vertically in- integrated. They imported raw materials, built cabinets, and delivered them, installed the cabinets into large construction projects, think you know apartment buildings, dorms, things like this. And they needed an application that allowed their field users to communicate back to the production line that they had a part that needed to be replaced. So I designed using, uh, this was classic at the time, Lightning was just, just uh, being discussed, Discussed re- reused the, uh, the case object essentially to manage a, a punch list or a, a request that a field user could send back to the production line. And then that, I was doing some remote admin work for that company after that implementation, and that kind of tapered off. And then I found a posting with with Zencraft and just kind of took off from there. They had a really good product market fit and they had a few customers when I started. And as I mentioned, we are acquired in in February now. Wow, you really started like hands-on keyboard and then graduated to to a sales leader of an ISP. What what did that start as like Salesforce hands-on keyboard? What did that teach you about about selling in the ecosystem? I think one of the, the biggest lessons was just how how powerful it was, the the ability to access it from anywhere and the workflow rules that that we could build and create interactions with things like custom objects and in addition to the the you know the standard flows through CRM, but just how powerful it was and the declarative interface. A lot of the functionality that I saw that we could create didn't require you know this this back and forth with developers. So that was tremendously powerful. Then when I got into Zencraft, it was kind of like tenfold with the App Exchange, realizing that there is this B2B enterprise app store like we have on our smartphones that could deliver powerful integrations and tools, in our case, specifically with shipping providers, was was really amazing to me. Yeah. Nice. And at Zencraft, what, what was the best go-to-market program that y'all created there? 
Well, there'd be two. It'd be hard to differentiate these two, but I'll, I'll answer it with two answers if that's okay. The first is SIs. I guess it'd be three. So SIs, other ISVs, and then internally at Salesforce. And, and the last one took a little, a little bit of time for us to figure out, but I'll, I'll start with um, with SIs. So having the the listing on the app exchange, we would get, of course, I'm sure the listers are familiar, you get a lot of inbound requests from, from prospects, but you also get other partners that are looking for a solution to fit a gap in the platform. So they're working with a, their customer to address a need. And we would have inbound requests that were essentially, hey, can this thing do X? And we'd, we'd you know, look at the, the lead and say, okay, this isn't a customer, this is a consulting partner. So enabling, putting together materials for them to to have access to the IP, to actually install the app, give them a, a trial, get into their standard demo orgs that they would use to position solutions for their customer base, and really just kind of giving them that premier support. So when they had a product gap, be available to them to, to, to help them get it up and running and show that proof of concept. And it, at first, it was essentially, it was really informal. We would we would basically mark them as a, a, con, a consulting partner and put them into a, a different sort of cadence and make our, our technical resources available. And then as time went on, we just found that we had, you know, emerging partnerships. They, they kept coming back and that it was working. And we said, okay, let's formalize this and let's start some, some outreach for consulting partners that we know would be a good fit for us. The other one would be other ISV partners, other, other vendors essentially that were on the, the app exchange. We, we are a shipping application. We also touch a lot of customer service use cases. And now, now e-commerce with the acquisition of Demandware and, and Salesforce Commerce Cloud. So we found, we found partners kind of organically working with our customers and, and on you know rolling out new implementations and realized the... Another point of power in the platform is that when you're built natively and you have another, another solution, whether it's an ERP, an inventory application, or a service application, field service application in our case, we have a pre-built integration with their data set essentially through the Salesforce architecture that would allow us to build these pre-built integrations with an ERP. So they could purchase an ERP and work with their ERP team to say, okay, now we need to get the stuff out the door, right? So it stops at the, the back door of the warehouse and we would pick it up and be able to extend on the platform all the communications that they might have with carriers like FedEx or you know Old Dominion in the LTL domain, and then lastly, and this one took a lot longer. When we were we were part of my CEO James Lum and I went through the Salesforce Accelerate program right at a couple of years ago, right at the start of the pandemic. We were in batch eight, and I have to give that program a shout out because it was huge in terms of the last successful program that we had, and that was aligning internally with the Salesforce representatives themselves, with Salesforce the company essentially, and uh, that came in the form we we took a lot of the lessons that we had for from our from our SIs and other ISV partners, but really just focus on tailoring the messaging and making sure that we are providing the content to the right people. So for example, what's the difference in messaging that we would we would be sending to an AE versus an SE? And in our case, we're, we're, we're horizontal. So we sell to manufacturing, retail and consumer goods, healthcare, life sciences, and even financial services as well. So obviously the messaging for an AE between an HLS AE and a financial services AE is very different. So honing that, figuring out what the, the messaging uh, looks like, learning how they operate as a company, what the role differences are between the AEs and SEs, positioning things like quick data sheets for AEs so they can have a, a you know a one pager that they can take away, 
For SEs, we built demo kits that were vertically specific to the verticals. So uh, we have a page that uh, an, an SE where we can send an SE there and say, hey, here's how you install the app. Here's a test data set. Here's a couple slides and, and contact details for someone that can help you. And this is something we're still doing today. So I just earlier today had a call with an SE and, and HLS and they're positioning some new Salesforce products and recognize there's a feature gap there. And we got them set up with a, a trial license in that org and some test data and even access to test servers with one of our carriers. And that took uh, 24 hours. So I talked to that rep first yesterday and, and they're up and running and happy with the solution that they have. And then in addition to that, we, we, we have to go back and grow that sort of organically. So after we have those wins, whether it's a demo and then we close, close that deal, we, we bring the message back to the AEs and SEs and then with the goal of, of trying to get in front of their, their colleagues. So they all work in sort of little business units, asking for you know time to talk to the rest of their crew or, or work at their, their VP on in that industry or that product group within Salesforce is how we got where we were. We were bootstrapped, so we didn't have any external funding really. So it was, we had to be really lean. And I don't, I don't know how we would have done that without the app exchange. I love so much what you talked about. I'm just going to drill down on a little bit of it, leaving the Salesforce demo kit and customer stories till till later. But I think more broadly with, I mean, you talked about a, a number of different channels that you built up and uh, a challenge is focus, right? Because there's 2000 SIs globally from Accenture Deloitte on the high side to two guys or gals in a garage on the low side. Similarly, there's a uh, hundreds, if not thousands of ISVs. How did you prioritize with a small team that was bootstrapped? How did you know like when to lean in or even start some of these partnerships? Yeah, that, that's a good question. I mean, a lot of it was organic. We had, we had wins with, you know, we had repeated wins with, so you had obvious standouts. And then some of it was just, not, uh, you know, organic in that we, we had those, those wins that came together, right? We had customers in common. And then the, the SI would reach out and say, hey, this thing's really cool. I think we have other customers we can, we can work with. So that's a good, a great question. As far as how we, we chose or, or, or said, okay, we should probably spend some more time. It was where, where did we have our, our, our most exciting or most accessible customer stories that we could share. And that was a huge part of it. And then some of the, the natural connections, like the ERP providers were, were really easy for us to see. Yes, that is something that all of our customers that are, that are using us out in their warehouse, you know, not the customer service use case where we might be working more on returns or reverse logistics. All of those just were a natural fit. So it was kind of just getting a understanding what the landscape of, of a tech stack would look like between these verticals and choosing SIs and ISVs that were, you know, sitting right next to us. And then, you know, going going for the win and repeating it, right? This this ecosystem, everyone's sort of looking for they're they're all sort of honing their ideal customer profile and and all of that played into sort of our decision to who do we invest more time in. Nice. I love that. And with your SI partner program, one of the things you said was you you made available technical talent, both for SIs and for Salesforce. Knowing the early days of Conga story from some of my peers, that was an investment they made very early was staffing up with high quality people at the time to support the SI network. I guess what did that look like? Like, again, I love the fact that you were bootstrapped because I'm sure you had to be a little gritty there. 
Yeah, I mean, in, in the early days, it was it was who could take the call, <laughs> right? So we, we didn't have a huge <laughs> team. And everyone, we're, we're really product focused as well. I have to, to give a shout out to our, our product team, Adrian Mioto and, and James as well, our CEO worked a lot on, on that, which direction we'd go. Um, and they would they would make themselves available. I, I was as well. And then as our service team, we were building our customer support team, essentially. So onboarding, the team focused primarily on onboarding new customers and helping others, you know, existing customers. Uh, we, we ended up, you know, putting a dual role in there for a lot of them to say, hey, you know, are you able to jump in this org and set up this use case really quickly? And it was good because it was an opportunity for training. Thankfully, our, our, our application, the way it's deployed, it's all declarative. So, you know, it, it might involve a formula field or two, and it was it was really quick to implement and, and show the concept uh, of these um, really powerful integrations that we provide through our APIs. And so we ended up using our, our support team, and still today, I mean, that's that's a resource that we, we we help rely on, and we have some really talented people there as well that are really interested in and in learning new new parts of the platform. Occasionally, you know, we might have something that required Apex. So we have developers that can help with that. But yeah, it's <laughs> it's funny. It's it's essentially investing in the SE team is, is how we did that. And then allowed them to to work with the SIs as needed or, or any other partner that has a technical request. Brilliant. And it, going through Accelerate, I mean, they're, they continue to put out great content there. There's now a a build variation, a launch variation, and a grow variation. I guess for folks that haven't gone through an Accelerate program, what would you say to them as they consider applying for a future cohort? Oh, I mean, I think it's, for me, it was it was tremendously valuable. I didn't realize how much I didn't know, right? Like you have your wins and you think you're we were doing okay. <laughs> we were growing, but learning how, how the Salesforce ecosystem works and even to people that have had success outside of this ecosystem, I would say there's so much to it that's novel to the environment, namely the app exchange. I don't know of another, I still couldn't really reference another um, uh, platform that has such a powerful enterprise application store. But there's so much that I that I learned. I mean, it was from one from one perspective, it's kind of it's almost like a mini executive MBA program because you run through every aspect of your business and how Salesforce is there to to help you grow, and they provide resources. They connect you to mentors, um, but but also just the, the the weekly cadence and the connections that you make with that program. Ours was all remote, so it was happening during the pandemic, and everyone was working remotely, which was almost. I mean, to put a positive spin on that, everyone was was available essentially because no one was traveling, <laughs> which was nice. So we had this cohort to lean on. The materials alone, I, no joke, in the last week, my, my colleague James and I, we've, we've both gone back to some of the material that we still, when we think, what are we, you know, what are we doing? Are we, are we aligning appropriately with Salesforce, the company? We still go back to that material to, to hone, in this case, it was just honing our, the, the, the concept of the ideal customer profile. So now that we're a part of Bring, one of our, our tasks is to take a lot of the things we've learned in that Accelerate program to a broader audience and show the differences and how the, the power of this app exchange that gives us access to partners and, and new customers and, and how we can help our existing customers in a more effective way. So if they're, if they're thinking about it, I mean, there's, there's a lot of companies that have been through it and it's growing, the program is growing and aligning yourself with, there, I don't know of a better way of aligning yourself with Salesforce, the company, than, than Accelerate. Nice. 
You mentioned the app exchange. Talk to me about the importance of that to your business as a as a lead source and as a as as a funnel for you. Yeah, it's I mean tremendously valuable, right? Like I said, we're we're bootstrapped, so having access to you know the 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 ability for someone that's already on Salesforce or a consultant or other ISV or Salesforce employee to to search the app exchange and get our get a get a result that is leading them to you know to our solution and then getting their details is tremendously valuable i mean that's our primary our primary inbound channel is is that app exchange so i mean tremendously valuable getting visibility on on things that you wouldn't expect either you can also see when your customers refresh their sandbox so from an account management perspective that's interesting to a lot of our aes say hey they're doing something is there a deployment that just happened you know, is it a good time to reach out to see if there's other opportunities here? But it, it gives you such just great visibility into what's going on around your app. And then, of course, enabling things like test drives, the ability for somebody to, who's considering the app to install it. It makes it very easy. And uh, there's also opportunities for, for us. We, we have a couple listings. So if you search Bring or Zencraft on the App Exchange, you're going to see, I think it's five or six results now for different packages that we have. So we can position it again, we're horizontal and we touch a lot of different Salesforce products. So we've been able to position it in, in, in a few different places, depending on on the keywords that the uh, the searchers putting in there. So yeah, tremendously valuable is the short answer. And a lot of the success that we've had, I think is directly attributable to that. Yeah, just pulled yours up and it looks like just about 300 to five-star reviews across your your listing. So kudos on, on driving those as well. I know a lot of folks want to improve their, their, their reviews on the app exchange. Any, any tips that you found success in, in driving this? Yeah. So I think the biggest one is just asking, asking your customers. I think from my perspective, I know for a while it was, you know, asking, I feel like I'm there to serve my customers and get them everything they need. And that's how we keep them. We have a great customer lifetime value. It's like seven years is our average customer lifetime. And, uh, but, but, you know, after you have a successful implementation or a great interaction with our, our, our customer support team, you'll see a lot of shout outs for specific individuals. And we would always, you know, in, Internally, say if if you have someone that had a great experience with you, or somebody that just had really helpful feedback, ask them to write a review, and you can share that link. And it really does work. We're fortunate enough where we can delight a lot of people and drive a lot of value. So it was it was easy for us, I think, to get there. It took a while. The, one of our applications has been there since two thousand nine. But the, I mean, the, the short answer there is just make sure you ask. <laughs> Yeah, not a not a silver bullet. I liked your your subtle. You didn't even probably notice it that you that you said it, but also making it easy, sending them right. a link, like make it easy. People just right. procrastinate on things, so make it easy for them. One thing I wanted to touch on was just uh, through your journey with ZenCraft. What are you most proud of? Oh, I mean, working the the people that I work with are all just like tremendously dedicated and being part of that team and building towards a common goal. Everyone is really, really cool that we work with and being part of that team is, I've been really, really proud of that. Um, I get obviously like the, from a success pr perspective, we were acquired by a, a much larger company, which I think is probably the goal of a lot of, a lot of the listeners to this, this program here. Yeah. Building, building something that genuinely has a tremendous amount of value and seeing it go to go to market as a company and and see such such great interest, I'm I'm definitely proud of that. 
And and along the way, from a go-to-market perspective or more broadly, what's uh, what was your biggest mistake? Ooh, that's a good one. I, I've had this question asked in a few different forums. And I don't, my biggest mistake, I mean, probably not seeing, I mean, it would probably be not seeing the value in aligning exactly with Salesforce earlier on. I think our expectations were that we were going to have this, you know, deluge of, of inbound business based on just putting the app up there and not having to work too much. But it's it's really just the foot in the door. If, if we had, if I if I had invested a little bit more time in, in understanding, really to get back to accelerate, understanding what effective messaging to an AE or an SE looks like, and asking just point blank asking, hey, was that an, an effective engagement? Is this messaging off for what you were looking for? We probably could have seen some 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 success a little bit earlier. Yeah. So I guess that's another plug for Accelerate. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's good. And and you mentioned like a little bit more around aligning with Salesforce. And so, and earlier you mentioned being a horizontal app and some of the challenges that presents when yeah. aligning with Salesforce because they're they're fully industry focused now. So so I, I talk to a lot of founders who have that struggle. They're like, well, I'm I'm horizontal. And right. I guess how do you balance that? How do you how do you sell like Salesforce but also stay horizontal as a small team? Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you look at the if you look at the if you if you have a matrix and you have Salesforce products and industries on X and Y axis, you you get a lot of I don't know how many tiles that is. But that's that's the positioning that we have to to work on. And then if you added a third dimension, I mean, roughly you'd have AEs versus SEs, and then you could layer the, the SIs on top of that who have specific product expertise and, and vertical. Getting that messaging right is is hard. Just learning, you know, the the ways simply, you know, the difference in how is it a consumer, is it a customer? How how Salesforce talks about the, their users of their own applications or their their customers. Just getting that right can be a, a you know a miss or a hit on on the messaging. So as, as far as how we obviously I mean we go where we go where our customers are telling us we're we're doing well and we still have to listen to where we're where we're not doing so well. Right. So it's easy to spot the the successes and everyone's trying to repeat those and come up with uh, you know a hone your your ideal customer profile within each vertical or within each Salesforce product, but also listening to where you're not where you're missing. Right. So when you have an implementation that was in one of your maybe a vertical that you're looking to grow, make sure you commit the, the time and and make sure everyone that needs to be there, particularly marketing or whoever's writing your, your messaging, they need to understand the differences and make sure that they're specific to the verticals that they're they're targeting, both in inside of Salesforce when you're working with with reps and of course when you're when you're talking to new customers. So it's I, I mean to, to answer the question, it's never ending, right? It's a constant juggle. And then Salesforce iterates on new product, right? So we are also available in, in B2C commerce and B2B commerce. So that's retail and consumer goods companies and manufacturing companies that we're, we're targeting with what are essentially the same use cases, but but very different messaging and language that they use around what that use case is. So from like the, the IP or the, the product perspective, it's the same thing. But remember that the messaging is is how you get that in front of the right people and how you you, you get more you know ultimately win more business love it what are you working on right now uh in, in kind of the back half of this year what's keeping you busy so right now i i'm, I'm working with the, the the bring sales team on on 
basically training them on the ecosystem. So that's that's why I've been going back to a lot of my accelerate materials to to make sure they understand sort of what the differences are in terms of how it how things work. The apps the app exchange is a is a novel concept to a lot of SaaS salespeople that have never been to never worked in, in Salesforce. So getting them up to speed on it. We're also doing some really cool stuff on the product side. So I did work a lot on our, our product development side, you know, being customer facing a lot of the, the requests and where we got our product today was obviously at the, at the request of, you know, new customers and, and potential prospects. So we're also working on, you know, what does it look like to, to marry the two? And we've made some tremendous strides already. We have basically an, an integration of Brings Delivery Hub into our Salesforce managed package. That is the legacy Zencraft app. So our existing customer base now has access to, you know, same day providers or the ability to manage their own, which is which is huge. And that was turned around in a, a few months with our product teams. I'm also working on product. And then going back to those SIs, going back to Salesforce, going back to our, you know, our industry verticals and, and saying, this is, this is now part of our offering and, and discovering those new, new use cases and uh, continuing to sell. A lot of it's been lately just working with the, the great team that we have with Bring. It's also, we have, we have a lot more resources available to us now. So we're, we're no longer bootstrapped. We have, uh, you know, 300 some odd employees that, that I work with that are amazing and have been awesome to work with and are really helping us us grow and we're we're uh, we're having a great august as well so love that love that hey mike we're gonna wrap up here with the final three uh, rapid fire questions 10 second answers you ready to go sure who is one company or person in the ecosystem that you track or follow Ooh, chris from blackthorn blackthorn ah he's He's, he's great. What would you tell yourself day one of working in the ecosystem? Day one of the ecosystem, having a, you know, keep an open mind. I mean, that's that's pretty generic. But the way that the app exchange works, we're all we're all sort of familiar with it. When you're selling as a concept to us prospect, because you're going to bump into competition that's not natively built, or that there's an analogy in the consumer applications that you put on your smartphone. So you wouldn't hire a developer to build a, a, an SMS messaging application for your, your iPhone, you would go out and find the company that built the best one and install it for you. So remember that and use, use that analogy when you need to. Love it. And uh, lastly, what gives the energy in your personal life? Oh, my friends, my, my wife, my dogs. Yeah. The people that are around me in this ecosystem that are like you, that are excited about the same things, you know, this and knowing that there's a lot of other people out there that are doing the same thing and want to collaborate and, and keep growing things together. Beautiful. Well, Mike, congratulations again on the, on the acquisition and, and thank you for, for sharing so much with other in the ecosystem. Of course. Thank you, Mike. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening, and I hope you learned something from today's episode of How We Got There. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. I'll see you here next time.